Yo, today's QOD is you win with your heart, not your head. Here we go. Today show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. We've got Ed Milet back on the show for your Motivation Monday. And today's talk is hilarious, but he makes a really great point at the same time because a lot of us feel like we're not smart enough to do the thing. We imagine that people are successful, have these really high IQs, and they're just like naturally talented and gifted and really smart. That is not always the case. And Ed Milet is going to prove that to you right now. Ed Milet, coming up. I'll tell you a funny story about how I got started. Now, you may not believe me about this IQ thing. I'm not here to convince you that I'm stupid. But I'm going to be honest, because I'm not stupid. I, 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 but I will say this to you. I think I have a lower middle level IQ. Not even in the average. Lower middle. I struggle to learn things. Um, I have to work really hard at stuff. What a great blessing God gave me at not being intellectually gifted because it forced me as a young person to have to work so much harder than my peers. I learned the most important lesson. My son's brilliant. He's like his grandfather who's literally a photographic memory and is a genius. It comes way too easy for him. I'm so worried that my son's not learning about working hard because things come so easy to him. My great blessing was my deficiency of lower IQ. Let me tell you how stupid I am. Okay. Now, before I tell you this, I've only told this story a couple times because it's that embarrassing and it's that hard to believe, but it's a fact. I uh, was so bad in school, my worst subject in school was, was chemistry. Now, before that, my worst subject was biology, except my teacher, Mr. O'Dwyer, was so dumb. He, get, he taught there for 15 years. He gave the same test with the same answer for 15 years, and he couldn't figure out why everyone aced every test in his class for 14 of those 15 years. So I'm here to admit to you, God, don't strike me down. I cheated all the way through biology to get into chemistry. I mean, literally on these exams, I'm going A, C, E. I don't even know what the questions were on these tests. I'm not proud of that fact. It sets up the story for you. Then I get into chemistry, and I got Mr. Park. Mr. Park hated athletes, sat me right in front of the overhead projector, and pontificated about every single day at how stupid the six of us were that were in his class that had chemistry. And I had about a 45% average on all the tests by the end of the year. I just couldn't get all this H2O, C3PO, whatever these <laughs> things are, right? So finally, I, I'm going to flunk, and now I'm not going to get a baseball scholarship. Park calls me and he goes, look, you tried really hard. Tell you what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a D minus just to get you out of here. And I want you to be my teacher's aide for the next year because I think I can pass you in that. And maybe you'll learn a little bit about what you should have learned this year. So he gives me a D minus, gets me out of chemistry. So just know I left school hating sciences. Can't get it. Brain doesn't work that way. Forget about it, right? I get recruited. Let me tell you how successful I was because you're going to look at me now and go, hey, man, that guy's pretty successful. Maybe you may think that. I want to strip that away so we can have a real conversation. I want to strip away any, any sense that you might have that I'm different than you before I get into my message. So let me strip it away. It's going to take about that long, okay? When I got recruited, let me tell you where I was living. I was living in my mom and dad's house in the bedroom I grew up in with the teddy bear I had since I was 10 years old and all my Little League trophies still on the wall. 
So I left that room that night and went to my first BPM. That's how successful I was. In fact, I uh, put on the, t the suit, the only suit I own, which I had worn to homecoming when I was a sophomore in high school. I had already graduated college by this time. I asked my daddy to tie my tie for the meeting because I didn't know how to tie a tie. My dad tied my tie. In fact, for six months after that, I unlooped that tie, took it over my head, put it on a hanger, and would put it back on my head for six straight months, never realizing I was the only guy in every single meeting who wore the same suit with the same tie for six months. Okay? I went down to the first meeting. There were three guests there that night. Here's the deal. The guy who gave the meeting was a guy named Mike Cerrone, and he was freaking pissed off there were only three guests. Two of them were Filipino guys and me. Two Filipino guys spoke Tagalog, didn't speak English. Now he's really mad. You got a 20-year-old doofus sitting in the front room, about to turn 21. I got a mullet haircut. I got business in the front, party in the back. I got my homecoming suit on with my dad tying my tie. I'm sitting in the front row here, and there's two Filipino guys behind me talking Tagalog the whole damn meeting. And he's pissed, so he's trying to get through this meeting. He opens up, goes through the company a little bit, and then I just catch this glimpse, and he says, acid management. That flagged me. I'm like, crap, chemistry, acid, right? <laughs> then he gets into, and then he just burns through these two pages of compounds, compound interest. I'm like, crap, of all of the businesses I go look at, this has to do with freaking acid compounds and chemistry, and rules of 72, and all these formulas, man. He just rips through them in like four minutes. This is a true story. My wife will testify to it. And then he gets into the compensation. And he's talking about competing, and we got a leader's board, and you can win and travel and stages and people, and it's like professional sports. I'm like, that's my deal. So what I got out of the meeting was this guy was pissed off. Nobody was there. Somehow it's got to do with acid and chemicals, and there's lots of competition going on, and I can win and be very wealthy. That's what I got out of the meeting. By the way, the other reason I was predisposed to think it was a chemistry deal is that about a week before I interviewed with my Uncle Mike, my Uncle Mike was the vice president of a company called Sun Chemical Company, and I was afraid of that interview, too, because it had chemical in the damn name. What I didn't know is they were really an ink company, but even on that one, I'm like, damn, how's this work, Lord? I finally get out of college, and everything you're hitting me with has to do with chemistry. I go to this meeting. There's two Filipino dudes in this chemistry, and my Uncle Mike's trying to get me into chemistry. So I go home. I call Christiane. I go, I got an interview in the morning with these guys, and they encourage partnership. We weren't married yet. We were just dating. I said, here's the deal. An element of it has to do with compounds and all the, you know, the C2Os and all that stuff that you're good at. Where there's these rules of 72 and all these different rules they got. But then there's these other parts, like the people part, competing, influence of people, moving them. I can do that part. You do the chemistry, I'll do the people part. <laughs> we get down to the interview. I'm interviewing with a guy that was my best friend's dad growing up. My wife's a daughter of a pastor. Her brother's a pastor. She can't lie. And she also has no filter to this day. No filter. She'll just check me right in front of you. He's lying. He's, you know, that's a lie. She'll just check you, right? So we're in the middle of the interview, about 10 minutes into it, and he's going through asset management financial services, compound interest. It still hasn't completely occurred to me. I'm still thinking he's probably going to get to the chemistry stuff in a minute. I just missed that part of it. In about 10 minutes, in, she goes, you dummy, this has nothing to do with chemistry. Why would you think it's chemistry? It's asset management, it's financial services. And I'm like mortified. She pantses me in front of this dude, right? And I go, I did not say that. What I was telling you was they encourage partnership. We need to have chemistry together to work together. What are you talking about? Obviously, it's financial stuff. Everybody, jeez, you're crazy. And she just, she's sitting there shaking her head, right? So if you started out the first meeting with your own suit, 
You could tie a tie, and you figured out after the first hour this had to do with money and not chemistry, you're ahead of me. <laughs> then it gets a little bit worse, and I'm going to finish this up. This is a fact. My son was in the meeting last week with me. He's been on a couple of these speaking events with me, and he's like, Dad, I can't believe that my wife's telling us a true story to pants him in the meeting, the whole deal. It gets worse, but kind of better, because you win with your heart, not your head. You win with your heart, not your head. So here's what happens. I go to the first meeting. All they talk about is how everybody's being screwed on their life insurance. I don't understand a flipping word the guy said, but I'm pissed. <laughs> I don't understand why. I mean, this is a bunch of bull crap, everybody being screwed on their damn life insurance. Well, why? I don't got that part down yet, but I know this is a travesty what's going on in the United States, right? I am pissed off. Okay, so that's on, a two, that's on a Saturday morning following a BPM. I come back Tuesday, guy gives the meeting, his name's Frank Napolitano, sloppy guy. All I'm doing, watch him give the meeting, going, I could do this better than this guy right now. But here's what I keep talking about. We got to go out and pick up policies. The champions in here are policy pickup kings. Back in the day, we would go out and just have these policy pickup runs when it was just insurance, and you pick it up, analyze it, bring it back, and fix it with the client. I still don't understand nothing he's talking about. But he's talking about, hey, the champions are policy pickups, policy pickups, policy pickups. I'm like, all right, everybody's being screwed on this damn insurance, and we need to pick up some damn policies. That's what I've got. And he says, Saturday or uh, Tuesday when you come back, or Saturday when you come back, there's going to be we're having a contest. Who picks up the most policies? Here's the whole contest: steak and weenies contest. And if you pick up policy, every policy, be able to put your name up here and put a star next to it. That's competition. So my dumb ass, I went, boom, I'm picking up the most policies. I'm going to win this damn star game, get me steaks instead of weenies at the, at the office barbecue at the end of the month. That's all I heard. So I got this now. Here's what I got. Everybody's being screwed on insurance. I'm pissed off. you got to pick up these damn policies. I'm getting the stars. As we're leaving, he goes, by the way, if you're not licensed, you can't touch them. I'm like, well, how the hell does that work? How are you, how are you supposed to pick up these policies if you can't touch them? <laughs> I gotta figure out a way to pick these things up without ever touching them. Holy crap, and I'm embarrassed to ask him how you do it. So I leave there going, you can't touch them. So, so Wednesday goes by, Thursday goes by, Friday goes by, Friday night I'm pacing because the meeting's Saturday morning. And I'm gonna win this damn contest, but I haven't done nothing about it yet, right? So, so I go, how am I gonna pick up these policies without touching them? So I finally find these, I go down, my mom's got these grocery bags. Remember those grocery bags that have the handles on them? Remember those bags? I don't know if they still have those or not. They got those handles. So I get up Saturday morning, put my damn suit on at 6 o'clock in the morning. I grab one of these grocery bags with the handles, and I get in my car at 6 a.m., drive down the street two blocks, knock on Christiana's front door. 6.15 a.m., boom, 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 no one answers. Boom, boom, boom. Door opens. It's Howard, my father, on his bathroom. He goes, hey, are you okay? What's, what's going on? Are you, what's, what's the deal? And I go, Howard, you got life insurance? He goes, what? I said, do you have life insurance? He goes, yeah, I got life insurance. I go, you're being screwed. You're being hammered. He's like, what? Are you, are you on drugs? What is wrong with you? I'm like, Howard, I can't get all the details. You are being so taken advantage of. Go get those policies. Where are they? He's like, what? It, Pat's in there sleeping. What are you doing up so early? I'm like, you need to go get them. He's like, well, I said, where are you? He goes, they're in a shoebox in the closet. Pat's in there sleeping. You, you practically woke the whole house up. I said, you need to go get them. He's like, all right, okay. And I see he ties his bathroom. He leaves me on the front porch and shuts the door. <laughs> and he comes back out about five minutes later, and I'm there with my bag. And he goes, here they are. And I go, wait. I go, hey, drop these suckers in here, but do not unlet them touch my hands. I cannot touch these things. And he's like, what? I go, Howard, 
I'm getting involved. I don't expect you to know this stuff. It's a highly regulated industry. You probably don't understand the law like I do. Drop the damn policy in there, but don't let them touch my hand. Can you imagine seeing a 20-year-old dude at your front door in a suit on 6.15 in the morning? Can you imagine this? He's like, what is <laughs> all right. And I start to go, and he goes, hey, do I get those back? <laughs> and I go, I... I don't even know if you get them back. That's a good question. I'll look into it, though. I'll get back to you. We got a big meeting this morning. Get in my car, drive down the street. I go to Kevin Barton's house. He lives on Anno Nuevo. It's about three blocks from Howard. It's my dad's best friend. Kevin's a, my dad's buddy. Knows him through AA meetings. They've both been sober a long time. And Kevin's got one leg. He lost in a car accident. He opens the front door about 6.30, boom, first thing. And he hops over to the front door. He goes, hey, man, what's going on? I go, hey, you got any life insurance? <laughs> he goes, he goes, yeah, I got life insurance. I go, dude, you're being completely hammered on it. He goes, I am? You're kidding me. I go, dude, it's such a screw job. You wouldn't even believe it. I said, go get your policies and put them in this bag. Now, you imagine this, totally certain. He didn't even ask me a question. Not like, why? What are you doing here? How's all this work? He's like, well, shit, all right, I will. And I remember this visual, him hopping away in his bathroom. Fool comes back, hopping back to the front door, dead serious. And I'm like, hey, don't let him touch my hands. <laughs> Drop him in the bag. True story. He didn't ask a damn question. He's like, got it, brother. Puts him right in there. Said, I got to go. I'll see you. He doesn't ask me nothing. He doesn't know where I'm going, why he's being screwed. Not a word. I drive a half hour over to Ontario. I go to my grandmother's house. She opens the front door. It's about 7 o'clock now. Grammy. She opens the front door. She goes, hi, darling. I said, Grammy, I said, do you have life insurance? She goes, uh... Don't you look handsome in your suit this morning? <laughs> look at my little grandson like a little businessman. I said, thank you, Grammy. Do you have life insurance? She goes, yeah, I think, I think Grampy and I had life insurance. I said, what type you got? She goes, Snoopy. I go, oh, no, Snoopy? That's the worst crap, Grammy. I said, you're being totally taken advantage of. I need to get rid of this stuff for you. She's like, you do? She goes, well, come on in and let's have some breakfast and I'll go find those policies for you. So sure enough, she makes me breakfast and I remember her setting the policies down next to the bag. And I remember as I'm leaving going, hey, Grammy, will you do me a favor and pick those things up and put them in the bag for me? Because I can't touch them. And she does it for me. So I pick up four sets of policies that morning before the meeting. And I get into the Mo Zone, kind of working around the room. I'm proud as you can imagine. I got this bag full of policies. <laughs> All right? Ain't touched them. Conrad Zamora, this dude walks up to me and goes, hey, man, what's going on? What you got in the bag? Because, by the way, I went out and did what they said to do in the meeting, which none of you do and nobody else does. I actually did what they told me to do, didn't I? Naive, coachable, heart, all that stuff. You smart people don't get around to doing nothing. So I picked him up. He goes, what you got in the bag? I go, get over here, dude. Let me show you. <laughs> get four sets of policies, dog. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, didn't you hear them? You can't touch those policies. You're not licensed. I go, Conrad, come on. You think I'm stupid? You can fingerprint them, dude. There's not a print on these policies. <laughs> he goes, no. Stupid, you're not licensed. You can't pick them up at all. You can't, you can't do this. There's social security numbers, financial information, bank account numbers in there. You can't touch that stuff unlicensed. I'm like, you're shitting me. <laughs> I got four sets of these suckers. And I literally left the meeting and redistributed these things at about 11.30 in the afternoon. In the next week, though, three of those four became clients of our organization. So I got field trained that way. See, heart wins, head doesn't. Because in every conversation, the more passionate, more certain person always influences the less.
not the smarter, not the one with the better words, the more passionate and more certain wins every exchange. Now, some of you, God bless you, and I'm going to take a shot at you. Some of you, you've been in here five, six months and haven't been on four appointments. I did it in a Saturday before the meeting because I won with heart. Um, I went on, that dumb guy went on in his 20s to make six and a half million dollars in his 20s in this business. In my 30s, I made $34 million. Made another 25 with the money I made. My goal in my 40s is that I make $100 million here, and I make another $100 million with my money. See, I didn't know it at the time, but I kind of signed in my 30s, I signed a 10-year, $34 million contract with WFG on a 1099 with no agent, with continually increasing income. But I started out not even understanding the business model and going out and leading with my heart, and I never stopped. Along the way, I picked up enough knowledge to sound coherent and sound smart. See, when Scott tells you this is big-time, serious business, some of us here have become some of the wealthiest people in the country at our age and have associations of some of the most powerful, wealthiest people on the planet because of our association here. So although it's funny how I start, it's not so funny how it's turning out, does it? I'll be disappointed if I don't cash flow a lot more than that this year with the momentum that we have. I became financially independent before I was 35. I became stone wealthy before I was 38. And now we're piling on and doing some incredible things for other people in our lives and our family. And I've never had another career other than here. I've never made another dime other than here and the money I've made here through WFG. So when people tell you this is one of the most powerful business models in the world, it is. And I don't know about you, but when a guy with my IQ can go make the kind of money I've made and a guy like your IQ only makes the money you make, maybe you ought to make a change and sit down and take some notes when I'm talking. That was Ed Milet. His website is edmilet.com. You can listen to today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called The Reason Behind Recruiting. All right, my friend. Hey, don't forget, you can get ad-free episodes when you visit the App Store, download the Stitcher app, and join Stitcher Premium for only $4.99 a month. Again, that's Stitcher Premium for $4.99 a month. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.